Now, if we're going to win, if we're going to overcome, did you know that the Bible promises you complete victory? The Bible promises you divine health. In fact, the Bible promises you that your life will be just like Jesus. All right? Now, before you start shouting and hollering, Jesus got persecuted. <laughs> All the godly in Christ will suffer persecution. But Jesus is our example. And we have been taught by religion. We have been taught by, sometimes we call it churchianity. We have been taught by, uh, you know, people who meant well. We have been taught a gospel that does not line up with the words of Jesus. So I want to very quickly, very simply, lay a, a, what maybe is for you a brand new foundation and healing will come in alongside this, but maybe you don't need healing. Maybe you're good, and maybe you're just here because you're curious or whatever. But even if you don't need healing tonight, this will completely change your life. Alright? What the words I'm about to say. First of all, we have to go all the way back to before the beginning. Before God said, let there be light, there was a plan. Did you know that? There was at least three things that went into this plan. Number one is Christ was crucified from before the foundation of the world. Y'all heard that scripture? From before the foundation of the world, Christ was crucified. In other words, it was predetermined that he would be the sacrifice, the Messiah. Okay? Now, we were also predestined to be chosen in him. These are all scriptures. Um, 1 Peter 1.19, that's... Talking about Jesus being foreordained before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, 4. I mean, you're not going to... I'm going to rattle off a bunch of scriptures, but I just want you to know that I'm not pulling stuff out of the air. Ephesians 1, 4. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Like, this stuff is in the Bible, but does anybody really understand what this means? You know, it's like, ah, oh, that's for the learned. <laughs> okay? No, it's for us. It's for you. All right, so Christ was crucified. Number two, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Um, and the third thing is in Ephesians 2.10, it says we uh, were predestined for good works. All right, Jesus said the same works I do, you will do, you will do, and greater. Okay, so we, Christ was crucified, we were chosen in him. And the other thing is, the good works thing, we were also predestined to be conformed into his likeness. This is all before the let there be light. Okay? From before the foundation of the world, this is all stuff that, that was in God's, uh, some translations call it long-range plan. Uh, King James, I think, calls it the will of God. Uh, other translations call it the plan of God. This is all laid out in Ephesians 1. Okay? So before God said anything about creation, he had a plan. And that plan was that Christ would be the first or the author or the father of a race of people on the earth that were just like him. What does it mean to be just like him? It means that you're a son, right? What is, what is Jesus? What makes up Jesus? Well, we're talking about Jesus, the man who came to the planet. What was he? He was a sinless man. The Bible says that he neither sinned nor was sin found in him. Neither could he sin. All right? So he was sinless. Number two, the Spirit of God indwelled him. He was indwelt by the Spirit of God. In fact, 
Did you know the Bible says that Jesus didn't do a single miracle on the planet? He says, it's not I who does these works. It's the spirit of my father in me. Now, that sounds to me awful lot like a Christian. What have, if you are born again and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, what does that make you? A sinless person. Do you believe your sins have been forgiven if you, have, you are born again? I hope so. And also, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have received the promise of the Father as prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament. Okay? Now, your religious minds are going, no, no. We were good, but no. But actually, it's true. See, this is what's called being double-minded. And it robs you of ability. It robs you of authority. It robs you from being able to walk in the same works as Jesus and even greater. So what would be an example of the same works of Jesus? Okay? Let's just take a normal day for Jesus. Every single person he touched was healed and set free. Okay? And even in uh, Mark 16, Jesus says, Go, you know, preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay? It doesn't say those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they might recover. It says they shall recover. Yet, enter the doctrines of men, theologies of men. We have created theologies for failure. So, would you be following Jesus or call him perfect or call him the perfect son of God if he had maybe a 50-50 healing rate? <laughs> would you? I mean, have you ever thought of that? But that's the accepted thing. I mean, 50-50 is a high number for a lot of people. That's an accepted thing in Christianity where we have changed the Word of God to match our experience. If you change the Word of God to match your experience, guess what? who your master is? Your experience. So, if we have been predestined for good works, predestined to be conformed into His likeness, then the only result is that we do what he said to do and pick up our cross and follow him every single day okay what does that look like well it looks like healing for sure and we're going to kind of lean on that more than anything else today but we got to go back uh, from before the beginning talk about what that was and then talk about the beginning okay so in the beginning we know that story in genesis god said let there be light there was light he created you know all things this is jesus christ according to uh, the Gospel of John created all things that has been made. If there was anything that's been made, Jesus made it. All right? He created it, and everybody knows he called it good. What, what existed in that, in that goodness? What existed in that creation? Well, it was perfection. It was eternal life. Right? There was no death. There was no sickness. No sin. Everything was on earth as in heaven okay and when God created man he scooped up the dust of the earth and he molded it and he blew his breath into it and there was man all right that's perfect man that's eternal man that's man with no wind okay that's the man God created and one of the things he said to this man this is out of Genesis 1 26 he said let us make man in our image and let him have dominion Okay, now we're getting ready to 
mess up with some mess some more of your traditions of men thinking here because most of Christianity, most of Western Christianity, certainly Trumpianity. <laughs> Y'all get that Trumpianity? Whatever. I, just trying to have some fun, guys. All right. Most of Christianity believes that God is in control. Why did God let that happen? Why did God let COVID happen? Why did God let those perfect little babies die in that car crash? Why this? Why God that? And why God? And if God, you were God. And people get so upset about why God, why God, by God, why God. All right? And I have to come at you right away if we're going to relay a new foundation and explain to you that God is not in control. So you've been taught that. And it's robbed you of the authority of the Word of God. Okay? When God says, let man have dominion, He means, let man have dominion in the earth. In fact, Psalm 115, 16 says, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to the children of men. And that's where, going back to our Genesis story, that's where everything gets messed up. Because God gave dominion to man. And then man messed up. Alright? So, man was created in God's image. There is no death. This is an eternal, glorious situation. Heaven and earth are one. I mean, just breathing that air will, is downright exciting. Okay? Now we have the serpent come in the scene. And we all have probably heard this story where he beguiled Eve. And tricked them and said, you know, a few things to them and got them to disobey God because God commanded them not to eat that fruit. The servant comes and says, listen, that's not really what he said. If you eat this fruit, it's going to be good for you. Okay? When he ate that fruit, he switched gods through obedience. And this is how we know who our God is by our obedience. Jesus said, well, you know, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? That's in the Bible. Okay? So, we have man in a perfect situation, no death, no sin. And then we have man disobeying the first disobedience to, to God. And in that act, it says this. Um, it says, in Romans 5.12, it says, uh, through, through the sin of one man, death entered the world. Through the sin of one man, death entered the world. Isn't it interesting there that it doesn't say sickness? It doesn't say cancer. It says death. Really what happened uh, is that when man switched allegiance from God to the serpent, to which we know as Satan, this is the devil, okay? The entire earth took on the nature of its new master. So if man has dominion, he has rulership. He has authority. It's been given to him under his care. And he can choose to give it to anyone he likes. That's what God did with it. He chose to give it to man. And then man chose to give it to someone else through disobedience. And when he did that, the entire earth took on the nature of its new master, the devil. Its new nature is death. The life that is in the devil is death. Alright? 
That is how sickness and disease and sin and death entered the planet. That is how we are sitting here tonight with people suffering, with people dying, with pandemics raging, all this stuff. This is why there is no death in God. All right? Death came from the father of lies, the devil. All right? So now we've got a situation. We've got the earth fallen into death. Man lost his dominion. Okay? Who, who is in dominion now on the earth? Even the Bible calls Satan the God of this world. Okay? That's how, and, and we have demons and devils vying for control of the planet through nations and leaders and political leaders and just people. Um, John 10, 10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's the, pretty much the climate of the earth. Okay? Now, do you remember, though, where we started this whole conversation? From before the beginning, God had a plan. Christ crucified from before the foundation of the world. In fact, we can bring in some other scriptures now, like uh, uh, he is the firstborn among many brethren, or many just like him. Jesus said, if a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will bring forth an abundance of harvest. Of course, he was speaking of himself, a harvest of sons. So now we have God's plan, which he pre-planned, ready to come into effect to rescue the entire planet and to enter into an everlasting covenant, okay? So um, the devil, you remember when the devil went and uh, beguiled, or when he uh, uh, tempted Jesus in the desert, Jesus went out in the desert to fast for 40 days, and the devil went out there after him, okay? And the devil, it says in Luke 4, 5, and 6, taking him up, him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said to him, I will give you this power uh, and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. What? The devil said it has been delivered to me? When did that happen? It happened back in Genesis when man allowed death into the world through its disobedience. Okay, that's when the whole, all creation was delivered to the devil. He says, it's been delivered to me and I'll give it to whomever I will. All right? So we have an issue. We have a ruler, a master, a God, you could say, of this world who is uh, completely taken over uh, God's plan and, entered and brought death upon the planet, brought a fallen nature on the planet. But we have this promise from before the foundation of the world, Christ was crucified. Now what happens with Jesus? You've been taught that Jesus is the great rescue plan that if you would pray a prayer, and, and then someday if you die, you would go to heaven. Okay? We've made Christianity all about praying this prayer. And of course, it would be really nice if you tithed. Right? Right? We've made Christianity all about praying this prayer that you can be saved. Okay? But Jesus did not come to bring a new religion. He didn't even, He is the Savior, but He did not just come to save. Let's read about some prophecies about Jesus and his kingdom. Daniel 2.44. It says, His kingdom shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms. Alright? The kingdom of God is destined to consume all kingdoms. Muslim, 
You know, whatever Lutheran, some of you are Lutheran here, the Lutheran kingdom, the Methodist kingdom, the nations of the world, the kingdoms of the world, this kingdom is destined to consume all nations. Okay? And this kingdom is the centerpiece of everything that Jesus teaches when he's on the earth. In fact, in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Didn't say the new church building. It said the government. Jesus came to establish a government or a rule, or we could say a kingdom. So, we have right now at present two races in the earth. We have the race of the first Adam, the Bible calls him. This Adam is the man made of dust. This is what 1 Corinthians uh, talks about him. He said the first man was of the earth. This is 1 Corinthians 15. Made of dust, the second man was the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of dust. As is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, so uh, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. All right, so we have two races. We have the race of the first Adam, who was made from dust. And we have the race of the, ever heard of this term? The last Adam. This is what the Bible calls Jesus. He is our, our new race of heavenly people. Because Jesus didn't come from the seed of Adam. Where did Jesus come from? From heaven. Right? He was born of a virgin Mary, but that seed did not originate from man. It originated from God. Now, when Jesus comes as the last Adam, then all of these prophecies kick into gear. And these prophecies are about His kingdom. And what is God going to do with this kingdom? He is going to consume all other kingdoms. Alright? He is going to set up a rule in the earth through a new race of heavenly people who are in Christ... And he is going to begin the process of the subjugation of all of his enemies. In fact, it says that Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father and sat down until such a time as all of his enemies are made his footstool. Sounds a lot like heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Doesn't it? In fact, Jesus said the same works I do, you're going to do too because I'm just the forerunner. I'm modeling what this is going to look like for you. So we have a kingdom who has supplanted the kingdom of the devil. And when Jesus Christ was whipped, when he was crucified, when he gave up his spirit and died and was buried and was resurrected, in that moment he became king because through the sin of one man, what entered the world? Because he conquered death. Alright? Jesus conquered death. And in conquering death, he conquered cancer, COVID, paralysis, you name it, all those horrible things. He conquered all of those things. And all authority, all, let's say this word, let's use the word from Genesis, all dominion has been given to me in heaven and earth. Remember that? This is Matthew 28. Therefore go. And have dominion. Baptize the nations. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, making the disciples of them, teaching them to obey all the things I have commanded you. So first of all, we have to understand that as believers, we are here to keep his commands. That is the definition of a disciple. To obey the commands of Jesus and to teach others to obey the commands of Jesus. And we are destroying the works of the devil just like Jesus did. And we are rescuing the race of the first Adam and translating them out of that kingdom of darkness, that kingdom of death, into what the Bible calls the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's the other race of heavenly people. So can you see what God's doing here? He has taken what was stolen, brought it back through Jesus Christ, through a covenant made with Abraham. And this is an everlasting covenant, which means it cannot be broken because Jesus cannot sin. He cannot break the covenant and the Father cannot break the covenant. And if we are born into Christ of the Spirit, we get the benefit of that covenant. Now let's talk about the benefit of that covenant. You, everyone in here would probably, even if you're not born again, you're probably going to agree with me that the blood of Jesus cancels or forgives all sin. Nobody has a problem with that. Man, well, I mean, out in jo- down Joplin on Main Street, we got people with needle tracks in their arms. They're going to tell you, Jesus saves, brother. Not born again, don't love Jesus, doing drugs. Je- they know the blood of Jesus cancels sin. Now, when you bring in healing, though, oh, it starts to get spooky. Well, brother, they go, they go from excited having, you know, your sins can be forgiven. Yes, amen. And then you go to healing, and they're like, ooh, be careful, brother. You know, God might be trying to teach you a lesson. Don't you know God doesn't heal all disease? Don't you know that God doesn't do this and God does that? Any number, and I'm sure you all have heard a lot of these things, we call them sacred cows. Only problem is that these things are designed to rob you. These are lies curated by the father of lies to retain dominion in the earth. So, how does healing work? I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about divine health. Number one, we have to understand this. I'm almost done here. Stick with me for a couple minutes. We have to understand this. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, that by His stripes we are healed. Okay, in the original language, that's just, it's not plural, it's singular. By his stripe. So at the whipping post, when Jesus was taking all those beatings and they had the cat and nine tails, we've you know, heard all those stories if you've been in church, you know, his entire back was literally stripped open and with organs showing. Okay? It was a big stripe. And the blood that ran out of that is what Isaiah is saying. By his stripe, we are healed. You believe that by His blood, your sins are canceled. And you believe that can never change. Except with healing, we believe the opposite. We believe that God uses healing, uh, sickness, to teach us a lesson. We believe that God heals some and not others, brother. And it's a mystery. Nobody knows why. I know why and I can explain it to you. I can prove it. So here's the issue. The same act that canceled sin forever is the same act that canceled death forever. Because 1 Peter 2.24 says, By His stripe you were healed. 
past tense. Christ was crucified for the forgiveness of sin. No, no argument there probably. By his stripe you were healed. That word healed, just in case you think it's a spiritual healing, is the word used without doubt, without fluctuation for bodily healing. Even in the Hebrew, in Isaiah, it's bodily healing. So, what does this mean? This means that the last Adam has brought you all the way through his sacrifice, has restored you back to the life and ability of the first Adam, but we have a new thing at work. It is called a covenant, an everlasting covenant. And here, here is the best news of all. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. This promise was made to Abraham. It says, Christ was made a curse for us because everyone who is nailed to a tree becomes a curse. Alright? So Christ was crucified for us. And, you know, you know, church mentality is going to say, oh yes, brother, so we can go to heaven, so we can do this, so we can do that. That's not what it says, though. Christ became a curse for us so that we might receive the bless, through the blessing of Abraham, we might receive the promise of the Father. Anybody know what the promise of the Father is? According to Joel. Is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus did was to get His Spirit in you. Why? Because you were predestined to be conformed into His likeness. A sinless man indwelt by God's Spirit that makes you just like Him. Did Jesus? Do we have any account of Jesus ever getting sick? In the Word of God. No. We do not. Do we have any account of Jesus ever laying hands on someone or speaking to someone and failing to heal or failing to raise the dead or failing to deliver? To deliver? No, we do not. He didn't fail because He was the Son of God. And He has set it up so that we don't have to fail because we are sons as well. How can you say that? Because... Mark 16, those who believe will lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Well, that's not my experience, brother. So, you know, we have to kind of change the Word of God to match what's real. Okay? What's real is the Word of God, and you're living in a delusion. And the people who win are the ones that take the Word of God and adjust themselves to do it. So, remember my whole speech about God is not in control? Because... The heavens belong to the Lord and the earth He has given into the, into the hands of men. Who is king of the earth now? Jesus, for one. And all who are in Him. Who is seated on the throne right now at the right hand of the Father? Jesus, a man. Did you ever think about that? A man is seated at the right hand of the Father. It actually says that in the Bible. That Jesus, the man, sat down. Do you see how, see how far our, our church brains are away? That, that gap right there is the reason you're not winning. It's the reason that, that you can't lay hands on Parkinson's disease and watch it run. Which is James' story. I'm going to let him tell it. Okay? It's the reason why we have a church that's failing... It's the reason we have nations who are in bondage to the enemy. It's the reason why we have all these 
horrendous demonic things raging in the earth. Because we are called to put all of his enemies under his feet. Now, how does this help you win? Number one, number one, Paul says, praise God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. There's another absolute statement. Would you say that Jesus always triumphed? Yeah, he did. Okay? And he has set it up for you to triumph as well. We, the, the Christians, the sons of God, the believers, the body of Christ, should never have to deal with sickness. That's how powerful this is. We should be walking in divine health. Except we're confused about, is sickness from God? Listen, we have an enemy. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he's just letting... What do we call that? What did the Nazis do when they would drop stuff over the... Propaganda. They'd have the propaganda. They'd just drop it out of the planes. Right? And they would try to say lots, uh, speak lies to influence people's minds and believing. And that is what the devil has done to the church. Here's another one from Jesus. Another promise that the church is completely swept under the rug. Nothing by any means shall be impossible to you. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to, when somebody's child dies, to have the ability to, in the name of Jesus, get up? Wouldn't you like to have, you know, when somebody's loved one is given two weeks to live, command that cancer to leave them, and it does? Wouldn't you like to have the ability when, you know, just choose your favorite sickness and disease when someone gets run over and left for dead by a Mack truck with a broken neck and back wouldn't you like to be able to give that man's life back he left the hospital and went back to work sounds like Jesus doesn't it the same works I do you will do and greater listen and this includes all areas of life see the Bible says we have been given the mind of Christ the mind of Christ is not in torment the mind of Christ is not in confusion the mind of Christ is in complete agreement with God's Word, which is for you at all times to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. What does this look like? You always win. Jesus says they can't even kill me because I lay my own life down. Right? That's what Paul said too. He's like, I haven't decided I'm... I could either go or stay. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll just stay for a little while longer for your benefit. Who talks like that? Paul, a son of God. So concerning healing, for all of you, for you who have loved ones that are suffering, by His stripes you were healed. And we have to understand that is unbelief to say, God, why haven't you healed me yet? Why haven't you touched my body yet? Because by His stripes you were healed. That means if you have been attacked by sickness or by uh, you know, anything on your body, that means it is a trespasser and you have authority to kick it out. Prayed with a guy on the phone night before last who had... Uh, what was that called? Pump head syndrome. Where they do open heart surgery and they put you on machines and they make your blood go through a machine and they uh, have oxygen hooked up to go to your brain and they measure it and monitor it so that you don't die 
while they're cutting your heart. Only he didn't get enough oxygen in his brain, and uh, he, uh, he got brain damage. He's like, he's like, it's like somebody hit me in the head with a baseball bat, and I'm just dazed, and I'm like that all the time. And he's been like that for a few years. He called me, and I let Haley listen to the message. She's like, he sounded like he's on his deathbed, <laughs> you know? I was like, you have to help me, you have to please, oh, you know. And so, what did I do? What did Jesus do when he healed? Father, hear our prayer. We just lift up this poor, poor man to you, that you might somehow, some way, release a healing touch. Jesus never asked the Father to heal anyone in the New Testament. Neither did anyone ask the Father to heal. What did they do? They spoke and they took dominion. Jesus said to the little girl that was dead, little girl, get up. What did he say to Lazarus who was four days dead in the tomb? Come forth. There's all kinds of examples. He spoke to the disease like a person because he has dominion. And that's what I did to that guy. And I commanded that thing. You leave him now in Jesus' name. He's like, oh, that's a lot better. And then today, uh, yesterday, he called me back. He's like, hey, I feel so good. He's like, hey, and what about that Roe v. Wade thing? Hallelujah. Like, this is a whole new life for this guy. <laughs> He's just enjoying life again. We prayed for a guy on the way up here, uh, some kind of horrible cancer thing. And he had uh, a lot of soreness. The cancer was right here. And the soreness began to leave him. What is that? That's the dominion of Jesus Christ given into the hands of the sons of men who are called to subdue all of his enemies. Listen, this is not about God blessing your life and you have a comfortable, easy life, you know, and all this stuff. This is about a soldier taking his place in a battleground between two kingdoms. This is about you suiting up. This is about you presenting yourself as a disciple to be trained to win all my kids do the same works I do because I have trained them to heal the sick to cast out devils and to preach the gospel powerful little guys what makes them powerful because their sins have been canceled and they're indwelt by the Spirit of God okay alright so that's that's kinda of what I wanted to present to you uh, before we take a quick break here uh, and James is going to come and just talk about uh, healing uh, and maybe some authority. You know, he's like, well, I think I'm going to go to this direction. We'll see. So uh, it's going to be really good, though. But before we do that, is there any questions about the things I just said?